Hi, welcome to Dear Sarah, a Sarah J. Mass podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Adams, self-proclaimed Sarah J. Mass theorist and analyst. Welcome to our first mini-sode. A mini-sode may be mini, and it may also be normal-length episode. Think of the mini-sodes more like side quests than the length of the actual episode. I am going to be giving you a mini-sode this week instead of a normal analysis episode for a couple of reasons. The first being that I just haven't really been feeling up to doing much of anything recently. It turns out that after my first episode went live last week, I've just been very mentally exhausted. I don't know if it's because of the podcast or if it's just a coincidence that I am just over everything at the moment. But to prevent myself from spiraling into burnout, I thought that by doing a fun mini-sode, I would kind of combat that feeling. So that is one of the reasons why you are getting a mini-sode today. I also got some new equipment for the podcast. I am currently using a pop filter as well as a boom arm to kind of help eliminate some of the audio issues that we were having in episode zero and episode one. Hopefully this works. I was also talking to some other people about how to edit audio and I think I have some new techniques. So hopefully this episode sounds better than the first two. I would love your feedback if you guys want to uh, listen for the end of the episode of how to provide feedback. That would be great as well. In This episode and all episodes moving forward, I decided that I also wanted to talk to you guys about what I'm currently reading, even if it is not Sarah J. Mass related. I'm currently reading Foxglove by Adeline Grace for my Moonlight Books Co. book club, and I am enjoying that book so far. I'm also reading The Housemaid's Secret by Frida McFadden. That is also a sequel. And I'm also reading that one for my book club. But they are pretty good so far, and I'm enjoying them. It's a nice break to kind of read something else when I'm not reading Sarah J. Mass. And then Sarah J. Mass News, I am currently annotating a copy of A Court of Thorns and Roses that I'm going to be putting up on my Etsy. It's going to contain all of my annotations, highlights, and notes that I am also using to create this podcast I am going through that edition and kind of making it a better copy of my copy, and I will be listing that at a later date, so stay tuned on my main Instagram, this podcast, and the Dear Sarah Bookcast Instagram for more information about when that might be going up on my Etsy. But enough about my problems and what's going on with me at the moment. Let's talk more about minisodes. So like I was saying, the minisodes are kind of like a side quest topic from our normal analysis and breadcrumb finding episodes. These minisodes will contain spoilers. I cannot stress this enough that these are so different compared to the analysis episodes. The analysis episodes, I am walking you through the chapters and trying to avoid spoilers. If I have to mention a spoiler, I let you know. These episodes, the minisodes, the side quest episodes, they are going to be full of spoilers. So take this as your warning. If you are not caught up on the current books, there might be spoilers for you in these minisodes. So just keep that in mind as we move forward with the rest of the mini-sode series. 
This specific mini-sode is going to be all about the fairy tales and folklore that Sarah J. Maas took inspiration from when she was writing A Court of Thorns and Roses. She took inspiration from Beauty and the Beast and a folk-slash-fairy tale called Tam Lin. I didn't have to do much research on Beauty and the Beast because I grew up watching that movie and learning about that fairy tale, but I did have to look up Tamlin because I honestly have never heard of it before. Thankfully, someone did all the hard work for us. There is a website called tamlin.org and it's actually tam-lin.org and they have broken down this fairy tale and provided links to the 46 known versions of the ballad. Also like the retellings of the original ballad. It's actually kind of cool. If you guys are at all interested, I would check it out. I will leave the link in the show notes. It's kind of cool just to like scroll through there and see what they have. Tam Lin is a Scottish fairy tale ballad where a mortal woman named Janet meets a mysterious man in a forbidden forest. Janet becomes pregnant with the mysterious man's child. She tries to find a new her new baby daddy and finds out that he is a mortal man, but he is a captive of the fairies and not only that he is their sacrifice to hell Uh, janet needs to rescue her baby daddy by finding the fairies at midnight on halloween she has to hold on like physically hold on to i this is the part where i don't really understand i don't know if she has to hold on to the man or if she has to hold on to a fairy like she has to physically hold on to someone as this person turns into various forms of beasts or like becomes fire or things that are like mortally dangerous to Janet. She has to continue to hold on to her. Like that is her task. Then at the end of this transformation, uh, she has to face the fairy queen and the fairy queen wishes that she would have removed the eyes or the heart of that mortal man to prevent him from being rescued by Janet. So that is like just the summary that I am paraphrasing from the Tamlin website. Now there is a lot to unpack here and I'm not really clear on some of the plot points but I'm going to be honest I did not read the original ballad. I only read the synopsis so I am clearly missing a lot of context here but I think there is enough here for us to see what Sarah actually took inspiration from. First, the female character in Tamlin, her name is Janet, and she is the one who saves the male main character. First, this is just a wild concept considering that Tamlin was written in the 1700s-ish. So that's kind of just a wild thing to think about like for that to be written about like the the woman is actually the hero but we see the same premise in Akatar with Feyre being the hero Feyre is doing all of the work to save Tamlin and also Perithian from the curse that was Amarantha in Tamlin Janet meets a mysterious man in the forbidden forest and gets impregnated in Akatar Feyre meets a fairy in the woods not far from the wall and it's not really forbidden but it's known to be dangerous and she does something that changes the path of her life forever so she doesn't get 
pregnant like Janet and Tamlin does, but she does make a decision that changes the course of her life forever. In Tamlin, Janet needs to find the fairies that set the curse on her mysterious man on midnight of Halloween. Like, that is her time frame. She has until midnight on Halloween to figure it out. Feyre also has a set time period to end the curse. Even though she wasn't aware of that time period, she still had one. It's not Halloween, but we do know that it's sometime between the summer solstice and midsummer. Feyre celebrates the summer solstice with Tamlin at the spring court, and then they celebrate midsummer under the mountain. So we know that the series of events takes place somewhere between there. In Tamlin, Janet is told to hold on to her man as he shapeshifts into beasts and various dangerous obstacles. Now, there, something like that doesn't really happen in Akatar, but I will loosely compare that to the trials that Farah has to go through, only because while she's doing the trials, she is constantly keeping like eye contact with Tamlin, which is kind of like holding on to him, but like not in a physical sense. She's like just constantly watching him and like making sure that he sees that what she's doing is for him. So that's why I'm making that comparison. The last comparison that I'm going to make is with the Fairy Queen at the end of Tamlin. The Fairy Queen wishes that she would have removed the heart or the eyes of the man to prevent him from being rescued from the curse. And then in Akatar, Amarantha actually did remove one of Lucian's eyes and she turned Tamlin's heart to stone. So while she didn't remove Tamlin's heart, she did turn it into stone, which was part of the curse and why Feyre had to figure that part out because it was so influential for how the curse was broken. So I thought that was interesting that Sarah used that part in Akatar. Those are just a couple of the things that stood out to me the most, um, aside from Tamlin Getting his name from the ballad, there are also little bits of inspiration sprinkled throughout Akatar from that little folktale. The other one that we are more aware of, or we understand more, is Beauty and the Beast. This was originally a fairy tale. Beauty and the Beast was a French fairy tale written by the French novelist Gabrielle Suzanne Barbeau de Villain. Villeneuve. I don't know French. But that story was then retold by Disney. And that is the one that we are most familiar with. And that's the one that I'm going to be using for my comparisons. In Beauty and the Beast, the Beast is cursed by the witch to be in her his beast form. But he needs to be able to get someone to fall in love with him to break the curse and bring him back into his human form. In Akatar, Feyre has to fall in love with Tamlin with the mask on his face, hiding his true self and his like fairy handsomeness. Tamlin also does turn into a beast in his beast form, but we do later find out that all of the High Lords turn into a beast or has a beast form, so I'm not really going to focus on that part. The mask is the comparison because the beast form in Beauty and the Beast is what hinders the prince from finding someone to fall in love with him. And then in Akatar, 
the mask is what hinders Tamlin from finding someone to fall in love with him. Then there is the the scene with the library, the scene that makes every single bookstagram, book talker, book community person want that library from Beauty and the Beast. That scene is mirrored by the gallery scene in Akatar. Feyre does not like to read, which is hilarious because Feyre actually cannot read. Belle loves to read, but Feyre loves to paint. So the equivalent of the library from Beauty and the Beast is the gallery for Feyre in Akatar. It is the place that she would be able to spend all of her time in. While Belle was able to find all of the books that she could ever want to read, she is happy. She That's like what her, her biggest desire was the library. For Feyre, that is the gallery, a place to paint, a place for her to go that's just for her where she can paint all day and no one would interrupt her. So that's the mirror there. In Beauty and the Beast, we all remember the scene where Belle's dad comes to Beast's castle to try to save Belle. Now, the same thing kind of happens in A Court of Thorns and Roses. Feyre thinks she sees her dad to come to save her, but it was actually the Bogue just disguised as her dad. But as soon as I read that scene, I was like, oh, this is just like Beauty and the Beast. Like, it was one of the biggest similarities that I saw on my first initial read-through. In Beauty and the Beast, all of Beast's staff for in his castle were turned into furniture because of the curse. In Akatar, Tamlin's entire court was cursed, but they had to wear masks like Tamlin did. The curse in both books, as I mentioned earlier, both can be broken by true love. And then there is also the time period that the curse needs to be broken in both books. In Beauty and the Beast, there was the rose that was encased in glass, and when the last petal fell, that was it. Like, the curse could no longer be broken. That was the amount of time that Beast had to find somebody to fall in love with him. In Akatar, it's not something that's really physical. Like, there's no physical, like, timer or clock that, like, they can watch and track the amount of time passing, like, in Beauty and the Beast. But it was a set time period set by Amarantha, it was the seven times seven years, so 49 years, that he had to break the curse. <laughs> I am sure that I'm missing some things, but this is what stood out to me while I was rereading Akatar again between the comparison of Beauty and the Beast and Tamlin. If there's something that you have thought about and I've missed, please feel free to email the show at dearsarahbookcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at dearsarahbookcast. You can also share your thoughts on anything we've covered so far, including theories that you may want me to discuss in the future or just general feedback for a chance to be featured on the show. If you are looking for exclusive content, including my annotations from the book, you can become a Patreon, which directly supports me and the podcast. You can find my book reviews and book thoughts at Moonlight Books Co. on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks for listening and happy reading.